have to say, when I started the Pickleball Fire podcast almost a year ago, I never thought about getting to the 100th episode, but here we are. And you know what? I think it's so fitting because I've got kind of a special announcement, which I'll get into during the podcast. But first, in this episode, we're going to talk about pickleball going to the Olympics. I think I have an answer for people today. So let's get to the intro to hear from Pat Murphy. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Pat Murphy. How are you doing today, Pat? Really good, Lynn. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And, you know, I am so excited to talk to you today. And normally, I always start off the podcast in terms of, you know, asking somebody about how they got started in pickleball. But I do have to make one small announcement first. It's a very exciting, but the International Federation of Pickleball and Pat Murphy is the president, has partnered with Pickleball Fire, the magazine. And so the magazine will now be the official publication of the IFP. And in addition to that, of course, we have the Pickleball Fire podcast in which the IFP will be very much involved. So I just want to give a shout out here at the top of the podcast and let everybody know that we have now partnered well, Lynn, I'd like to add something to that. We are very excited about being part of this to grow pickleball internationally with the magazine. I've seen the past editions that you've done, very impressed with it. So I think that the future is very bright for both of us and we'll grow pickleball beyond just the United States internationally here with, with that. So we are very excited to be part of your magazine and that organization, what you've done, they're very impressed with it. Thank you. Lynn. I just wanted to go ahead and ask you, Pat, I don't actually know a whole lot about your background personally with pickleball. So tell me a little bit about when you first got started and how that came to be. I, I will. I, I live here in a community in uh, Phoenix, Arizona called Goodyear. It's a retirement community. And I think about 2009, we, we moved here in 2006. 2009, we opened up eight pickleball courts here. And I went out there and I looked at this uh, game and I kind of put my nose up at it because I was a basketball player and I'm thinking, wow, this is really not very good. Well, right after that, I had a full shoulder replacement sitting on the couch, you know, and eating bonbons. And I'm thinking I need to get a little exercise. So I went out there and I started playing it in a sling left-handed and I just got addicted. 2009, I started playing. I played in hundreds of tournaments, met so many wonderful people. And, you know, we think the game of pickleball is just the greatest game in the world, but I really think it's the people that play the game of pickleball that really kind of make it the greatest game that there ever was. So from 2009, I had been playing pickleball. I was president of the pickleball club here for a couple of years. Then I became a USA Pickleball, now USAPA, USA Pickleball board member training. I spent three and a half, three years on that. And then in 2019, April, I was elected IFP president. And I've been working diligently internationally. I had done the Bainbridge Cup or part of the Bainbridge Cup, which is our world championship tournament in Spain back in 2017. And that's how I got involved with the International Federation of Pickleball. 
And then we had our second one in Italy and then Germany. I was the president. And last year we had it scheduled for England with over 800 players. So we had to cancel that because of the pandemic. But anyhow, I've been involved in many different levels. I certified referee, ambassador, help with national tournaments and, and that at both Indian Wells and when we used to do it here in Phoenix. So I love the game and I've been involved in, in many different aspects of it. So that's a little brief history of my love of pickleball. Well, that's quite a resume. And obviously, I can tell from it that you do love pickleball. But, you know, let's focus a little bit on the International Federation of Pickleball, the IFP. I believe you just became the president a couple years ago. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how many countries were a part of the IFP and how that's changed and grown over the last couple of years. I would love to. Um, the IFP, I'd like to give credit. Some country had to, you know, lay the foundation for an international federation for pickleball. And the USA did that back in 2010 in the early age, in the early stages of their development. They thought it was important to have a international body for pickleball. They, they laid the foundation. And in 2012, the first four member countries, which was Canada, India, and Spain, were the four original member countries for the IFP. That was back in 2012. We grew a little bit in those early years. Mike Hess was the first president. He was from the States, but he also was from Madrid, Spain. So we had a nice international connection with the president and that. Many of the board members at that time were USA Pickleball board members. So when I became president in April 2019, I, I had a goal to really create an international organization. And we had to move away from the the body of the USA Pickleball because we are international representing all countries. So that April, I became president and we developed a new board. David Jordan was part of the USA Pickleball, been part of the IFP for many years. And it was really David and I that was the last two members in April that were part of it. And we just started the reorganization. So we added two, three more board members at that time, one from Canada, one from India. Now, currently, we have five board members and three from the U.S., one from India, and one from the Philippines. We're going to continue to add more international representation on our board. That is our goal. One of the other big, big additions that we created was we have a support team that we call our program directors. And right now, we have 14 of them. And they help all the way from ambassadors to tournaments to instructor certification to marketing to our Olympic movement to development of our Hall of Fame, our International Hall of Fame, that is, and to youth and education and social media. So these 14 directors are really the, the backbone of what we do, and they have been very instrumental in helping many of our programs. That started in April of 2017. Go back to April, I mean, yeah, April of 2019, I mean, we had 13 member countries. Today, we have 61 member countries. We're just processing number 62. And you can find all this information on our website. We developed a completely new website, which has information about we developed a membership program or ambassador program, our grant program, donations, our 
instructor certification, and that even to the very back page where we have what we call the drop shot blog. So we put information that is pertaining to many articles or a development in the world of pickleball affecting the IFP. I want to come back and later talk about grant program and the agreement that we just made with a, a new organization called Pickleball for the World. So that's something that's very dear to our hearts and giving back to the sport is something that we do in every area that we do live. So I'll, I'll leave it off there. I think that covers a lot of what the IFP is and we'll insert a couple other things that uh, we're doing. In terms of the growth of the number of countries, I mean, just to now be up to 61, almost 62 countries in just over two years. I mean, that's incredible. And I know you get this question a lot because I get it a lot when I talk about pickleball. Tell me a little bit about kind of the plans for the Olympics, because everybody's asking, you know, when is pickleball going to be in the Olympics? Is it going to be in the Olympics? Well, I'd like to address it in, in two ways. First of all, it is a process. And the process takes a lot of foundation building. What I mean by that, there's certain organizations that we have to be associated with, join, and we are in the process of doing all that now, Lynn. We really are. There's a lot of misconceptions about what it takes to be the Olympics and that. The first one is to really have a solid base of 70 member countries. We're working towards that. Obviously, we're at 62. We probably need about 80 to be, you know, to be in that arena. We are working on a Bainbridge with the Bainbridge Cup is a trademark of the IFP. And of course, we all know what the word Bainbridge and Bainbridge Island and where pickleball was invented back in 1965. So we know the importance of Bainbridge. So we have uh, trademarked that as the Bainbridge Cup. We call it the World Championship Tournament. In 2022, we will have a world championship. But again, it's in the early stages. All member countries would like to see participate. We need to have international play. Of course, USA has been doing pickleball a lot longer than any country, but we're making great progress in Spain, Italy, Asia has just gone crazy. So there's many opportunities to move that in the right direction. And Mike Hess, the past president, is undertaking that. And we are in the process of, of making all the applications and get recognized by the IOC. And it really is a process. And we have set money aside in our charter membership to fund these programs because it's, it's I want to say, tens of thousands of dollars. And it's not simply, you know, sending in, I'd like to be in the Olympics. It really takes a lot of work. And we, as the IFP, are really laying the foundation for that. We don't advertise, we don't promote it, we don't say much on social media because we are working behind the scenes to get it done in a professional manner. And we want to get all it all in place before you know we, we really come out and say, hey, this is where we're at with it. One of the other things is we've formed five uh, continental federations. We have an Asian federation already, which follows the Olympic model of a, a continental federation, so are recognizing continents, and there's five of them. We're working on Europe, and we're working on North America. Member countries in every one of the continental federations, and that would be um, Asia, Africa, the Americas, Europe, and 
Oceania. So we have covered all that and we have member countries in all of them. So we're, we're laying a good foundation for that. And it's still a couple of years away. Paris is in 2024. We will have a presence there. France is one of our member countries. And in 2028, it's coming to the United States. Well, they started planning the Olympics 12 years ago for the States. So that was a little bit before my time with IFP, but we're, we're making some plans to have a presence in Los Angeles as, as we're speaking. I know it's a tough road. I was, uh, you know, a racquetball player back in the 80s when it was really booming and, you know, they were an exhibition sport a couple times. And, you know, that was just something that never made it to the Olympics. But it sounds like, you know, the IFP is really going to put uh, pickleball on, on track to eventually become an I'm sure at first an exhibition sport and then an official sport years later. Exactly. And that's uh, interesting. You said racquetball. I met the gentleman that is past president was involved early on in racquetball. He's from Northern California and racquetball has really been very helpful in, in directing and giving us good information of the do's and don'ts of moving through this process. So that's, that's interesting. You did say racquetball and, you know, you can learn from other federations of what they did right and what they wish they did, you know, to move their sport forward. So racquetball is something that we're watching very closely. The other one is badminton, which is not as big here in the States, but let me tell you in Asia, it is huge. And we would like to get on the uh, coattails of that organization because they are already an Olympic sport. The court's the same size, the similar, you know, players and the field for the court is very similar to us. So it would be, I think, a great opportunity for us to embrace them. And if they embrace us would be just really kind of a natural progression to help. True, true. That that makes a lot of sense. And you know, one thing I want to make sure that we touch on during the podcast, and you did briefly, is that, you know, the IFP is a nonprofit organization, but you do have a grants program, it looks like, through Pickleball for the World. Tell me a little bit about that. I would love to. This came about um, about two months ago. A gentleman by the name of Mike McGowan wanted to, as an independent, create a, a world grant program, and grants would include money paddles, balls, equipment to promote the sport, mostly outside the United States, because we're very fortunate here in the United States to have the funds and, and the opportunity to play pickleball in many courts and all that. But you go to countries around the world and it's like a string with two chairs and, you know, these wooden paddles that we used to play with, you know, back in the 80s. So Mike and his, his group, he is a 501, 501c3 company has some great, great individuals working within his organization. So Mike and I got together about two months and said, let's merge what we're doing. We raise funds. We set aside things from our, our membership fee, our charter membership, or not a charter membership, all our membership, our certified instructors, and many of the things that we do within our organization that raise money, we always set aside a portion for grants and giving back. We've already given away three or four grants to different countries around the world to help them promote pickleball. On that same line, Mike in the Philippines, which is a board member and president of the Philippines, developed and has a, a line of IFP paddles, a wooden paddle that uh, is like 
$10 that looks exactly like a regular composite bottle. It has an edge on it. And we put a logo on it. And that is available in Asia. We've also come up with balls at very reasonable prices so that we can get the equipment out and get these in hands of people that really want to play pickleball. So with Mike, he became the IFP director for the grant program. And him and his group and us will start to raise funds. And you'll hear more about it. We have an announcement to go out in the next week or so. And I think Mike is a great addition to the world of pickleball and helping us with the grant program. I'm very excited to have his support and to have Mike as part of the IFP. Now, one of the ways that you said you had funded grants up to this point was through membership. Now, is that membership individuals or by country or how does that work? Well, we had never, the IFP had never offered an individual member similar to what the USA does to support their efforts. And Canada also has a membership program. There's no other program, there's no other country in the world that has really a membership supporting program like the U.S. or Canada. So we, as an IFP international organization, offered an individual individual membership. And there's three of them. It's one year is $15, uh, a three-year membership is $35. And then we have our charter membership, which is $250, of which we set that completely aside for funding our Olympic movement. And we have a court of honor, which if you donate more than $100, we put your name on our court of honor. And all this can be found on our new website, of which I would encourage you to just put International Federation, Google it, International Federation of Pickleball.org, and you will go to our new website and find how interactive it is, talking about the Bainbridge Cup that was here in the United States, but really wasn't international because of the pandemic. And you'll find a lot of good information, including our membership program. And I would encourage all of you to support that because we do set aside a portion of each one of those membership for the development growth of, of grant programs and pickleball. And then I know in talking with you a little bit before this podcast that you've also got something going up in the St. George area. Oh, yes. I'm so, so, so excited and, and happy that uh, you brought that brought that subject up. We have just finalized an agreement with the Eastward Management Company. And again, your audience could go and Google Eastward Management, Google it. You will see a website that is talking about a new sports complex. St. George has been a great mecca of pickleball for many years. They have a great community there. Pickleball is just phenomenal in St. George. And this next week, we have the Huntsman's Games, which has, I think, about 1,200 players in pickleball. All This is over the age of 50. So to have a tournament with over 50, because this is the Senior Huntsman World Games, this is a phenomenal number, and they're all senior athletes. But the Huntsman's Games include softball, volleyball, golf, tennis, a whole array of about 20 different sports that convey on St. George every October. And there's about 10,000 athletes. So that's the Huntsman's game in St. George. So St. George is really a mecca for sports and that. So the new project is called Torquerville Athletic Recreational Complex. This complex is a 450 acre complex consisting of 32 
multi-purpose fields for soccer, softball, volleyball, 150 square foot, 150,000 square foot auditorium exhibition hall, 300 dorms, the Jim Thorpe Academy, a charter school. But what we're so excited about is the 60 court pickleball facility that will be built within this complex. And what's exciting about it is that we, the IFP, will be the manager and operator of this complex. And we are helping them design it. They are working in complete cooperation to make sure that is a state-of-the-art facility. We will move all our admin offices there. We will have brick and mortar so that when you come visit us, you'll be able to see uh, a pro shop. You'll be able to see 60 courts, a championship court, many championship courts. And then we are having a brick and mortar building built for the International Pickleball Hall of Fame. And that is a separate entity of the IFP. Somebody has to start it, but we, we are developing a board of trustees. We want it separate from the IFP. We don't want it as part of the IFP, but somebody has to take the lead and organize it and uh, lay the foundation for it. But like I say, we, we are developing the board of trustees. The director is Mike Copley, who has been raising uh, nonprofit funds for many organizations. And his last one was for the Leukemia Foundation. He lives in San Diego. He raised $125 million as a nonprofit organization for, you know, cure for leukemia. So we are very excited to have Mike as part of this project. And we are just now with the brick and mortar place going to start to announce that and start to lay the foundation for that. So this complex will be the state of the art. David and I just met with all the engineers, the city and that yesterday, um, and uh, very excited about what that will bring. Hopefully we're going to break ground next year and 2023 will be um, probably the first time we will have several tournaments there and the uh, opportunity to maybe have the Huntsman's Games there and some really major international tournaments. So very, very exciting. It, it will be David Jordan is the treasurer of the IFP. David, if you've been in pickleball, everybody knows David Jordan. Wealth of information. He's been in pickleball forever. And I'll give a shout out to David. David was elected to the Huntsman Hall of Fame last year, which is a real honor. That is something that if you've never been to the Huntsman's Games and seen St. George in the next week, with 12,000 excited athletes, all 50 and over, conveying on that. Dixie University is part of this. We have a charter school, which they're going to be part of. So this is a complete facility with bike trails, an amphitheater, possibly a water concessions, restaurants, hotels. This will be really a state-of-the-art, and we're very, very excited to be part of such a great, great opportunity to be part of a great complex and have 60 pickleball courts. I believe that will be the largest single complex of pickleball courts anywhere, anywhere. I don't think there's anything. What we will do, uh, St. George has pretty good weather year round, but we will have some covered courts. And that is a challenge that we are taking very seriously because a lot of the covered courts have had issues, glare and the playability on these indoor courts. I shouldn't say indoor courts, covered courts that are outdoors. And we, we have some 
new ideas and we have some engineers that are going to work on it to make it the best possible venue to play outdoors, but indoors covered in inclement weather. And, th- and that is our goal to, to, you know, have that kind of feeling in an indoor. Now, I have to say at this point, Pat, it's really incredible in terms of, you know, what the IFP is, you know, doing here in 2021 and the last couple of years, you know, congratulations for sure on uh, the the deal there in, in St. George. And, you know, it's just amazing, you know, all these countries coming in and becoming members of the IFP. So I just want to commend you. And like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I'm really excited now to be partnering also the Pickleball Fire magazine with the IFP. So Thank you so much, Pat, for everything that you are doing when it comes to pickleball currently and historically, too, because, I mean, you've done so much. Well, thank you, Lynn. There's a couple other things I'd like to. We have a great social media and we know a media team. We have influencers in England and in Asia, we call them Europe. And we do a couple other things. They in the social media are very active. Ruth Rosenquist, who has just been outstanding, took our social media program really from zero, used to be part of the USA Pickleball, was their social media, came over with us, totally volunteer. All our directors, we are all volunteers. We give to the pickleball community. So we we do this for the love of pickleball. But Ruth and her team have just been phenomenal in that. And as you and I develop, you know, the podcast, the magazine and all that, we're going to need social media. And Ruth has been just fabulous about it. A couple other things that uh, IFP is influential about that maybe some of the the people here or players here in the United States do not know about. A couple years ago, I felt it was important to have the support of the international community supporting the rules for pickleball. So last year in 2020, we brought out uh, the same rule book. It was, it was exactly the same. We worked with the USA Pickleball. And as a board member prior to that, uh, we approved the rules and all that. But I thought it was important that the international community embrace the rules and it not be what I want to say, rules from the USA. So when we had the opportunity, we now have the rules. It's an international IFP, International Rules Committee. We have individuals from all around the world. Mike in the Philippines is a chair. Jeff in England is the other chair. We have all members. We have Byron Fresso. He's he's on it. We have a lady from Singapore. So we now have influence, input from around the world for the rules. And this year, we really, all the all the information came to the IFP Rules Committee. All of it was filtered through us. They gave the recommendations to Mark Pfeiffer and me, and we will present it to both of our boards. And um, there's referees involved in this. So we have good foundations for changing the rules and it's coming from the bottom up. It's not two boards that's sitting here that, you know, some of us never refereed a match or anything like that. We've really got it from the ground up. And um, that is something that we've worked towards for many, many years. So now we have the world involved in our rules, supporting our rules and our equipment standards. So that's all part of something that is relatively new in the last couple of years. We've also, with the help of the USA Pickleball, uh, moving the referee program 
to the world. So many good things have come out of the USA Pickleball, and we don't need to reinvent the the, the we don't need to reinvent the wheel. So we've been very cooperative. They've been very cooperative, and they've helped us in many areas to grow pickleball because this is really where it started. And they've been very cooperative in sharing all the work and effort they've done. So thank a shout out to the USA Pickleball. Is that something that will be the new rule book for that IFP will be coming out in 2022? Correct. And we, we put a different cover, something that we felt the IFP was felt that was important is that the rule book had a different cover on it. And we went away from making it a tournament years ago when I was on the board, it was the tournament rule book, official tournament rule book. But if you're in a country like Singapore or Tonga, which is an island out in the Pacific, you've never had a tournament. So they looked at the rule book saying, well, this is for tournaments. It's not rules for pickleball. So we kind of changed the tone of that. And our rule book is dedicated to the world and it has a world presence about it. We show the world different countries on it, but we do something else. We take each one of the member countries logo and we identify that rule book with their little logo in the corner. Again, making sure that they are part of the process and that now they embrace it as their rule book. You know what I'm saying? It's not somebody else's rule book and particularly USA. It's not the USA rule book. It's their rule book. And when it's yours, you have a tendency of supporting and getting on board. And that's what we're trying to do. So this year, we may have a different cover. We may not. Last year, the USA had a separate cover from all the other rule books in the world, but the guts are the same. The rules are exactly the same. We don't change anything of the body of the book. We just brand it a little different to give a inclusiveness with the world as far as supporting the rules and the equipment standards, which are very, very important to maintain. So we've covered a lot of ground in the podcast today. Anything else that we should know about, Pat? I probably have left out something, but I appreciate this time, Lynn, and I will close in saying I am very, very excited to have an opportunity to do a podcast. We, as the IFP, I get this all the time, well, why don't you tell us more about yourself? Why don't you promote yourself more? I have, for the last two years, really just been laying a foundation and working on building a foundation so that now we can start bringing all our programs out. One last closing We are the only governing body that really has our own instructor certification training program led by the IFP Academy and Robert Elliott is our director. And we have a team of individuals from Steve Kennedy to Marcin Ropinski, which are all recognized great instructors. We are approaching over 400, 500 instructors now worldwide. We've done in China, we've done in India, Philippines, Spain. So we are moving our program and we don't always toot our own horn, Lynn, but we are out there doing a lot to grow pickleball around the world. And I appreciate this opportunity. I know with your help, podcast, the magazine, we will be getting the word out in a much better form than what we've done in the past and more people will learn about how important the IFP is to grow international pickleball. That is just amazing. Everything that is going on with the IFP. I, you know, we should do this, you know, six months, a year from now and get an update on everything because I know you're just going like gangbusters, but thank you again, Pat, for being on the pickleball fire podcast. It was a lot of fun talking today. 
Thank you to Lynn, and we will enjoy working with you. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.